Haunted Lantern presents... The Starport Inn. Episode 7. Any luck on that lead? Or'd you come up with Bupkis too? No luck yet, though. I'm having to take a long time on each file. You have a lot of information on these to sort through, even if none of it's helpful. How do you manage to get this much information and still not solve these? Well, you heard about the cards already from Moss, and those come preloaded with anything we'd need to keep tabs on people. Name, birthday, all that. Like getting their license from them when they ain't even here. That's at least part of it. I know it ain't helping much, but it's better than having files with nothing at all. But does it really solve cases? Because this pile isn't really getting smaller, even as I end up getting roped into them. For all you seem to think, Getting everyone's height is important to finding them when they've gone missing. It doesn't seem to be making much traction. Agent Weaver, you see the pile on that desk right there in the little folder cubby? Now that you're basically holding them in front of my nose, yes. I wasn't exactly rooting around on your desk for a lead, to be fair. These are outgoing missions, all solved. There's... Twenty odd cases in this file, and this is just from this week. Cases are getting solved, Agent Weaver, and getting all this information helps, even shit like height. There's some pretty dang tall trees and pretty deep pits out there, and knowing what the victim could have climbed or sunk into helps keep us from looking in the wrong places. Alright, that's entirely fair. It's a very niche need. Which is frustrating on my end, but it's not unwarranted. For my needs, it's almost too much information to sort through, which means I'm moving far too slow for my liking. But I can at least admit, I see why you need it, even if I don't. Maybe we should try and make a cut-down list of the missing persons cases, so I'm not having to wade through the unnecessary information in order to get the stuff I need. Like, where they're staying, or who they're renting through. Which you have, but it doesn't seem like information on a swipe card, unless I'm mistaken. No, that's from the realtors. We got just the one here, uh, Seabreeze Realty, so it wasn't hard to work with them on stuff. They keep all their information locked up tight and pass it on when we need it. Sometimes they pass it on first, before we know anything's wrong. It ain't real common, but sometimes people go missing because they get lost on the way in, so the realtors send us the details if someone don't check in on time. Doesn't that jump the gun a little? What if someone's just late? The realtor's got all sorts of fees for coming in late or forgetting to cancel to keep that from happening. Like, in the several hundred dollars kind of range, so most people do what they can not to have to pay that shit. It does happen, of course, but most people show up on time and call if they get lost or are going to be late to avoid the fees. Huh? Speak of the devil, here's one from the realtors now. 
We got a missing woman, Mary Haynes, who was supposed to stay at the Starport Inn starting this morning, but she hasn't shown up. Said she was driving overnight to get here. Should have checked in around 7 a.m., but no one showed. No record to think she'd skip out, paid in full already, answered all the emails and stuff, confirmed the right dates and all that. No reason to think she'd miss it, and the report says this ain't her first time in the town, so she ain't likely to get so lost as to be this late. Give me a second to call this in. Sheriff Taylor to Deputy Washington, we need a search party at the Sinclair Haynes residence. I'll bring the files to you. Over. I gotta go over there in a second. You're welcome to come with if you want to talk with the family. Otherwise, I can just go and leave you to your files. Wait, hold on. I saw a file in here that seems very similar, and... Ah, here. I just passed this a moment ago. Mr. and Mrs. Dan and Kathy O'Neill were supposed to check into a rental property a few days ago, but just like the Haynes, they just didn't show up. Next of kin lists the Nash family, so they're probably related by marriage, but... There's no reason to think that they wouldn't show up, and they have family in the area. It's not just their first visit, paid in full, all of it. I'd bet money they're connected. It's not the lead I found, but I take any connections between cases seriously, and I can't say it's not related. It's worth investigating all the same. Fair point. Who do you want to see first? The Nash family lives on the island, and the Haynes-Sinclairs, Mary Haynes family, live right up on the station. They ain't but a couple minutes out. I gotta stop by the Haynes place either way, but Hunter can cover the initial investigation if you want to check the others first. Let's visit the Sinclair Haynes first. Time is a bit more pressing in their case, and they'll have the most chance of finding someone. Besides, we may learn enough from just talking to one family that we don't need to speak to the second, and the faster we go, the better for everyone. Fair is fair. What lead did you even find? Or will tell him he jinx it? I realized after the bees situation that those kids were attracted to the lights and It seems like, in every other case we've been on, there's been lights involved. Lights on the train tracks, bees that light up. It can't be coincidental that when we deal with the swamp, we see lights. You even mentioned swamp gas trying to explain lights, like it was something to expect out in the swamp. It's not much, but right now we're working with crumbs, so I'll follow what I can get. Honestly, that ain't something I would have picked up on, so I'll trust you on it. Anything's better than nothing. Right. We're here. Is there anything I need to know before we go in? You're familiar with everyone, you said before, and I'm not. Who are we seeing? Well, this is the house of Mr. Preston and Spencer Haynes Sinclair. They got two little ones, though they might not be that little no more. I ain't been over to visit in a bit. The missing is Spencer's sister, and the two kids, like, biological mother? I ain't ever known her to skip out on those kids. She's always loved him to death. Alright, good to know.
you have any items of Mary's that she might have worn recently? Uh, I can go check her room. I don't know. I don't... She doesn't usually leave things behind, but we can always check. I'll go look, babe. You stay here. Hi, Spencer Haynes Sinclair. My name is Agent Weaver, and I'm with the FBI. Do you mind if I ask you a few questions about Mary Haynes? The the FBI? I, I can. I mean, is the FBI is here for Mary? I'm working with Sheriff Taylor on another case in the area, and he asked if I wanted to come help find Mary, sir. Do you need to sit down? Yeah, let's let's sit down. I'm I'm sorry if I'm not much help. We just Mary just Spencer, it's perfectly fine. Agent Weaver's just gonna ask a few quick questions and then we're gonna go out and find her, okay? I know this isn't an easy question, but can you tell us exactly what happened? Anything you can remember will be helpful even if it doesn't seem consequential to you. I, uh, she, Mary is my sister, and she's, she's the one who had, had Jasper and Huxley, our kids, so she's, she loves to visit, you know? Here's a shirt of hers, I think. Would that work? That's, yeah, that's hers. I think she was wearing it the last time she visited. If that's the case, it'll do just fine, sirs. So, your sister visits often? Yeah, she visits, visited almost every month or so. She used to stay here with us, but we we just moved Jasper into his own room, so we don't have the extra space anymore, and she decided to stay in the inn instead. Mark called us this morning asking after her, because she hadn't shown up. Who was the last person to speak to her? She... She called me on the way in. It was so early because she'd driven overnight. She liked driving in the dark, you know? She liked how empty it was. But there was something she needed to do, but I can't. It wasn't for gas. She always stops at the Flying J on the other side of 210 for gas, a smoothie, and a snack. It's almost a ritual for her at this point, so I know she did it. Dad, is Auntie M going to be okay? I... We, Jasper, we... Hi, uh, Jasper, is it... I'm with the FBI and I'm trying to do everything we can to find your aunt, okay? Can you remember what she called you for exactly? No, I don't think I really got what she was saying. It was something about another stop, but I was honestly still asleep, so I don't remember. 210 is really bad about having steady reception, and she was cutting in and out, if I recall right. You were considering wandering the house with your phone, trying to see if you could get better signal, remember? But she ended the call before you could make a decision. Right, yeah. But she was on 210, and then she just didn't get to her hotel. Mark called us and sent you the the report, and, well... Right, of course. Is there anything else you remember? Anything at all? I mean, she called me when she was at the Flying J like she usually did, and that was a quick check-in. So when she called me again a bit later, it was a little odd. But that's that's really it. Everything else has been so normal. Many cases often are, but we'll find her, Mr. Haynes Sinclair. We're starting very early, which is a good thing. The first couple hours after someone goes missing 
are the most important. So your quick response is already helping. If it helps, Agent, we're about to take the scent hounds out to the highway to see what they can find. Let me know when you're done out there, all right? Even if you don't think you've found anything, many times what you don't find is just as important as what you do find. If you think of anything else, let one of the officers know and they'll be able to pass that information on to us. I will. Please find her. We won't stop until we get answers, Spencer, I can assure you of that. But you should get some rest. Worrying like this ain't gonna help get her back. He's right, babe. Go lay down. I'll handle the cops. Thanks. Now that we're out of there, what can you tell me about this highway, Sheriff? Considering the circumstances, it seems like one of the only real leads we have. Well, it's one of the only real ways into Starport proper to start with. Ocean Avenue, the one that crosses straight through town, don't go anywhere except Holly Ridge, which is a small town to the north, and Hampstead, which is to the south. I think there's another town or two on the way, but if there is, they're completely abandoned, which ain't uncommon out here, to be fair. Either way, there's no way inland from that road without going through the other cities, empty or not, so if you're coming into Starport from anywhere, you're probably going to end up on that stretch of 210. As they said, it's got shit reception in some sections, mostly because it passes through the middle of fuck all nowhere to get here. The Flying J is at the intersection of 210 and Highway 50, which is a busy road that runs past all the little port towns as a way to get from the big cities out here. Do people go missing on 210 often? I mean, considering it's the only way in, yes and no. Ain't common for people to just vanish on it, of course, because there ain't really any turns off once you get past the Flying J except the occasional dirt path to nothing. So unless you run off the road, there really isn't anywhere to get lost at. At the same time, though, it's the only way in, so there's going to be people going missing out there just by that fact alone. Usually it's people's cars getting stuck or running into deer rather than really going missing. It's not like they have any other road to crash on, you know? Yeah, that makes sense. It sounds like Mary had no real reason to crash, though, considering she's driven it multiple times and the weather's been relatively nice, even if it had been dark out. If she'd come in during bad weather, I'd be more concerned that she crashed, but I don't think we can call that a reasonable lead until we're led to believe otherwise. Yeah, usually if someone's gone off the road, it's cause there's been foul weather or their tourists driving in the dark or they ran into a deer or something. This case just doesn't match up to any of that. You want to go ahead to the Nash family house then? They might shed more light on things, especially if they're actually related cases. Let's get lunch and let me do a little bit more research on my other missing persons cases in the area. I want to make sure we're not overlooking another case that might be related. I know we should probably be treating the Nash case more urgently, but I wouldn't want to skip someone that might be more helpful. Especially since we're past the critical time frame. And besides, maybe the scent dogs will find Mary while I'm looking, and we'll have enough of a lead to find everyone else. We can only hope, Agent. Uh-huh. I'll see you all then. Bye. Sorry about that. Busy weekend coming up and all that, you know. Anyway, so, the family we're about to visit is the Nash household. The grandmother, Pearl, is the one who called in the report you found. She lives here with her daughter, Lottie O'Neill, and Lottie's husband, Desmond. I think they just had a baby a couple months ago. From what's listed, I think it's Desmond's parents listed in the report, though he didn't call it in. Either way, 
Pearl's probably the one to talk to, considering. Hopefully they'll know something, being our only other case on this. Hello? Oh, Sheriff Taylor. Fancy seeing you here. How are you? I'm doing all right, Pearl. I'm actually here with Agent Weaver about your missing in-laws. Can we come in? Certainly. He said your name was Agent Weaver? Like the way they make rugs? I've not got the best hearing, dear. Uh, yes, ma'am. And I'm with the FBI. Sheriff Taylor asked me to give him a hand trying to find your missing in-laws. Do you mind if I ask you a few questions? Of course you can. I can't say I'll have all the answers. I'm old, you know. But I can try. Can I fix you anything? I've got tea in the fridge, and I can make something if you're peckish. We just got through with dinner, so there's leftovers if you're really hungry. Oh, let me get Lottie down here. You haven't met Opal yet, have you, Sheriff? She's already so big I can hardly hold her. I'll be back in a second. Don't want to wake the baby if she's sleeping. Ma'am, that's not necessary. We just need to ask you a few questions. Oh, honey, it's no big deal. I'll just be right back. You make yourself at home. What? Nothing. Nothing. Have a seat. Lottie will join us shortly after she feeds the baby. <laughs> Ma'am, to confirm, you followed a report a few days ago and your in-laws didn't arrive, is that correct? Well, yeah. Lottie's husband's parents, Stan and Kathy, were supposed to come stay a few days with us to see the new baby. They haven't been able to come up since before the baby was born. On the count of Dan works as a representative for one of those newfangled drug companies, and Kathy does some kind of research on the drugs he gives out. They do a lot of traveling, since her research means they have to visit a bunch of different places. They go to all corners to test things, from places like Japan to Maryland. So we were all excited that they'd finally found time to get up here. Especially Desmond, of course considering they're his parents, and this is the first grandkid for them and for me. But I get all the time I want with my grandbabies, and they don't. So we were all abuzz about it. So you don't think there's any reason for them to have not arrived? No. No, sir. Is it not, sir? Just... We don't need the formalities, ma'am. Agent is fine. Short thing, sweetheart. Anyway, they're not the kind of folks to be late for one. I thought this family was prompt, showing up for church as early as we did, but the O'Neills almost have me beat. I keep having to tell them a later time on holidays than when we want them over, because if I told them to get here around 10, they'd show up at the crack of dawn. Isn't that right, Lottie? They're all very prompt, yes, Mama. They're also not the kind to break a reservation without a phone call and they had probably the best cell service available. Right. Yes, I remember. They could always call us from the Flying J all the way to the drive-in. And even that little dead spot didn't stop them. And they did call me, mind you, right when they left the Flying J, because they always would since the station is about an hour or so out, and that gives me time to finish up whatever it is I'm now behind doing, you know. And then sometimes they'd call on the way in if something stopped them, like deer or a flat. 
Didn't they call you twice the other day, Mama? Yes, yes, they did. I remember I was nearly spitting mad that I'd gotten woken up twice in one morning. So dang early, on account of them getting a reservation at six in the morning. Oh, now, what did they call about the second time? Do you remember, sweetheart? No, I don't, Mama. I was feeding Opal and you were on the phone. I wasn't listening. Oh, shoot. My brain will get to it eventually. Oh, Sheriff, I almost forgot. You and your friend haven't gotten to properly meet Ms. Opal O'Neill, have you? Let me see her, Agent. You get back to the questions. You were saying you couldn't remember what the call was about, Mrs. Nash? Yes, and no. I can't quite recall. They called so early, I don't know if I was really awake yet. It wasn't anything expected, though, like a flat tire or a deer or something. If it was a flat, I would have sent Desmond out there with our spare, because they don't always have a spare tire, because they keep having to rent cars, and sometimes the rental agency doesn't always replace it in their cars. And I would have a picture of it if it was a deer. <laughs> Kathy always sends me the loveliest pictures of the deer they were seeing on their travels. But my favorite were always from around here. So when they saw any on the road, she'd send me photos. But I don't have any as far as I can see. Do you remember how they sounded? Was this like an urgent issue? Well, I remember it was Dan on the phone. And he was very calm. But it wasn't a light call or nothing. I think it was something about another stop, I think. Something had happened. But it wasn't like they were hurt or nothing. He wasn't scared. I've heard him scared before, and he's not a quiet man. I don't think Lottie would be over here not knowing what he said if he was in any actual trouble. But he was saying something about having to make another stop and being delayed, because he was worried about being late, even though they were an hour early, which I was fine with, of course. But that was the last time we spoke. Their car never came into town, and as far as the first police went, they never found the car either. Looked all over and got nothing. Now, I don't know what to think about what happened, but my neighbor, Nellie Lanus, thinks it's some kind of cult meant to get old folks kidnapped so they can be used for some kind of experiment. But I don't think I believe her. Besides, she's not exactly the most accurate, considering... Ma'am, I hate to interrupt, but we do need to get going. Oh, so soon? I had hoped you'd stay a while. We haven't caught up in ages. It's like I hardly see you anymore, and I'd love to get to know your friend more. I'm afraid so, ma'am. There's work to be done that can't wait. I'll pop by over the weekend when I'm off the clock if you want. The girls will be in town, and they'll love to meet Opal. How's that sound? Wonderful, dear. Wonderful. Well, y'all drive safe, all right? Is there actually something urgent? No, I just gotta put this cruiser anywhere but her driveway. Unless you want to go back in and talk more about her neighbor's weird conspiracy theory. Mm, no, I'm good, thanks. Is she always like that? You didn't seem surprised. Agent, there's a lot of people out here like that. Welcome to the South. If I hadn't cut us off, we'd probably still be saying goodbye. <sighs> right, now that we're out of there, first off, the scent dogs radioed in while we were in there. 
They ain't found shit all day and they were packing up because the dogs are starting to get rattled by something. He thinks they were getting stressed from not finding anything, but he needs to give them a rest, so we ain't got shit on that front. No car, though, not as far as they saw, so that tracks at least. So what do we get from the interviews? Anything useful? Yes, though it's a little muddy. There's a couple of things I noticed that both parties talked about, which gives us a lead to work with, at least, but they're not the most concrete. I would have preferred the scent dogs having found something, but we have to work with what we got. Alright, hit me. What we got? So, for one, both of them were coming in on 210, which I know is pretty common, but they're both coming in incredibly early. They both stopped the Flying J for something, and they called somebody when they did, right? And then not long after, the families all get another call from the victims about how they need to make some kind of stop. Now, I don't know the road there well, but as far as I remember from driving down it, there isn't really any place to stop out there. So it must be something they encounter that isn't there all the time. I have a few working theories, but... Sheriff, you okay? You said them being travelers on 210, traveling at night, who called in at the Flying J is the thing that connects them? Like, if someone else did that, they'd probably be a victim? I mean, if someone calls in from the Flying J before heading down 210 when it's dark out, it doesn't necessarily mean they're a victim. It's a possible concern they would be, sure, but there are probably plenty of people that call from the Flying J on the way in that aren't missing, and we just don't have any because it's an unreported number. I'd be more concerned if they called a second time, considering that's less common. Why? Well, uh, my, uh, ex-wife Doris is coming in with our girls for them to spend a bit down here with me like they usually do, and she, um, just called from the Flying J a bit ago, right before we went inside, saying they were on the way. We only need to worry if she calls a second time, Sheriff, but if she does... We're in a much better position to help her than we were with anyone else, alright? Yeah, I know, it's just... Put it on speaker. Doris, what's up? Don't sound so scared, WH. You sound like you just got called by a ghost. I just wanted to call and tell you that we're gonna be running a little bit behind getting in, that's all. No need to sound like the world's gonna end. Doris, tell me what's happening. It ain't that serious, huh? I'm just helping a little girl get back to her folks. What? There was this little girl on the side of the road, said she lived in Crescent Bay, just off 210, and that she'd gotten lost. So I offered to take her home. It ain't that far out of the way. And you know I can't let a little girl stand on the side of the road like that by herself. She's nice, Dad. She likes fish and swimming like I do. How are you speaking to your father? Through the box of the horse's carriage? Ma'am, did the girl give you an address? Girls, let me talk up here. I'm sorry, who's this speaking? I'm Agent Weaver with the FBI. I'm working with Sheriff Taylor on a couple of cases. Well, I don't know why you want to know, but no, she didn't. She just said she lived in Crescent Bay right off the highway. Besides, I'm not stupid. I was planning on taking her to the Crescent Bay Police Station and dropping her off there. It'll be fine. Doris, I need you to listen to me very carefully. Oh, shoot. Hunt, I can't hear a dang... 
I think I'm losing. Taylor, we need to move. If we're going to keep your kids and ex-wife from vanishing, we have to go. Now. Can you drive? Yeah. Yeah, I can drive. I think I know where they were when the call dropped, but I don't know much about Crescent Bay. Hell, I don't remember there being a Crescent Bay out here. Station, this is Agent Weaver. I need someone who's close to a computer or a way to look up local city records. Over. Agent, this is Deputy Washington at the Island Station. I can get whatever you need. Over. Deputy, I need any kind of records you can find on Crescent Bay, somewhere outside of Starport. I think it's somewhere relatively close, but anything within 50 miles will do. Understand? Over. 10-4, Agent. Give me just a moment to look, and I'll get right back to you. Over. What happens if there ain't a Crescent Bay, Weaver? I have a feeling there's going to be something, Sheriff. But even if there isn't, you know where she was when she cut off. Not only that, you know she was trying to return a child to a city, so while the name might not be accurate, we can start checking in with nearby townships to see if anybody's had a little girl dropped off at a police station recently. That can get us a lead, as can the more narrow search area. Everything we know is helpful, regardless. Sheriff, I've worked plenty of cases like this. We'll find her. They didn't send me to Starport because my track record was shit. And even without my partner on site, I have no doubts we'll find them. I know, it's just... It ain't ever been my kids, you know? It's always been someone else's, and I always do my best, but the idea of not finding them ain't never scared me this much. Station the cruiser. Do you copy it? Over. I copy, Hunter. What did you find? Over. Well, uh, the good news is, is there's a record of Crescent Bay Township just off of 210, with an exit near mile marker 170. The bad news is that, uh, the town exploded in the 1700s. It's gone. It has been for a while. Over. Station, please clarify what you mean by exploded over. Well, sir, apparently Crescent Bay was a munition station back when Starport was just getting its sea legs. They manufactured gunpowder and cannons for British ships to restock on before moving south to the Caribbean. Apparently, there was a few issues with Starport and Crescent Bay not getting along, which is where I found the records. As they claimed Starport attracted pirates and put them at risk. It never got addressed because one night in the early 1700s, pirates attacked Crescent Bay. The records list no one knows why. But most people think it was something to do with wanting to steal the cannons they were making. Either way, firing cannons into a munition station isn't a great plan. And the town just up and exploded. Uh, they'd hit some kind of powder magazine and it's just BAM! The records indicate that there wasn't anything left of the town when the pirates left and it hasn't been built over since. As recent surveys have listed as too unstable to build on. Is that helpful at all? Over? That's very helpful, Deputy Washington. Thanks. 
if you'll keep those records out and available for us to look at later, I'll appreciate it. Over. 10-4, Agent. Call if you need anything else. Station over and out. So, we've got an abandoned town with no one in it, and no future plans for anyone to be there, either. With an exit in place with basically no cell service, and a set of missing persons who would all theoretically pick up a lost child on the side of the road. I think the only working option we can consider right now is it being some kind of kidnapping or mugging scheme. Lure them to a place that seems legitimate, but isn't. Use that to make it seem like they vanished. That ain't the only option to consider, Agent Weaver. What other options are there? It's not like they're actually dropping the child off legitimately, since there isn't a town to drop them off in. Well, considering what else we've both seen, how do we know the town isn't there? Well, the history of having exploded is a big clue. Yeah, and there ain't train tracks in the swamp, but we both know what we fucking saw, Agent. It seems like there's stuff in this fucking town that's decided not existing doesn't really matter to it. And we can't say this town ain't like that, too. Taylor, are you implying this might be some sort of ghost town? As in the town itself is some kind of paranormal entity? Honestly, Agent, I don't know what's going on. But this ain't the first time I've had guys reported being called out to places that ain't got shit in them by people who aren't there. And considering what you and I saw in the swamp, I think we have to consider the idea that there's something fucking spooky going on here. What? I don't know. But if that's the truth, I don't want to ignore it. Alright then. Let's say this is some kind of literal ghost town, I guess. Why would a child lead them to a ghost town? Right, right. She's probably also a ghost, of course. Look, we just gotta consider all the options, right? Just in case. I can't argue with that, Sheriff. Luckily, either way, I think our first step is checking out the place where Crescent Bay used to be. If there's a mugging situation, we'll find evidence of that. If not Doris herself. If it's a ghost town, I imagine we'll know once we actually get there and be able to act on it. What do we do if it is? Improvise, Sheriff. There aren't really protocols for ghost towns in the FBI. We'll just have to wing it and see what happens. Right. Let's hope it's not, then, for the sake of not having to wing it. The Starport Inn. Written and produced by J.D. Dennis and K.D. Lalonde. With music by... Liam P. Vaughn. Find us at The Starport Inn on Twitter or email us at thestarportin at gmail.com. This has been a Haunted Lantern production. Thanks for listening. <laughs>